The second question is from Elvis, and he went on to ask, uh, I recently read a book written by uh, an evangelist where the writer said in his book that we should call our Messiah by his true Hebrew name, Yeshua and not by a name that was changed by the translation of the Bible. All through this book, she used Yeshua as his name. Is this right? I hope you let me know. God bless you as you do. Um, you can read the answer that I gave to, to him in that one. Okay. Uh, peace be unto you. If you have called him Jesus and prayed to him as Jesus, and he has answered your prayers, stick with Jesus. He loves you. I was in a dream before I was born again and was pursued by a wicked assailant. I screamed and cried out, Jesus. And a heavily army began to march towards me. Everybody. And an heavenly army began to march towards me, and the enemy fled. So don't change from the name in the Bible you have. In Yoruba, it is written, Jesu. Whatever name is written in your Bible as no other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Acts 4.12 Remember to call him the complete name. Lord Jesus Christ. There are so many Jesuses, even your, uh, Yeshua is used by many as their name. So which Yeshua are you calling? A friend's name is David and Miss. He told me he preferred to be called Miss as all his friends call him by that name. Who calls you by David, I ask. His mom to him, it will be rude and insult for anyone else to call him David. So Yeshua is not the name the Gentiles call Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, praise God. I don't think I need to do any further explanation. There is another one from, from, okay, this one is another one that we can capitalize on. The question is, Number one, and the answer is perhaps number one. Yeah. Start from Brad Julius. This is the question, right? Yeah. From, uh, this question is from Yemi. I have been researching the subject of Titan for quite some time now. While examining Hebrews 7 with the change over of the priestly order. I realized that the legal requirements have been done away with. It is true that Abraham did tithe of his spoil after he received bread and wine from the king of Salem. 
and the Levite also paid tithes in him at that time. However, we need to realize that we who were Gentiles were grafted to the vine purely by faith. We never paid tithes in Abraham. Moreover, as our Lord Jesus is, so are we, a royal priesthood and a chosen generation. Here's according to the promise, we are already priests of the order of Melchizedek with the default ministry of reconciliation because the copy has been done away with, we receive tithe from Abraham while in the loins of Melchizedek. The progression genealogy of the order of Melchizedek is now purely by faith. The continuity of the priesthood is from the fact that not even death can separate us from our inheritance. We already possess eternal life. It seems to me that we have used the tithe to maintain centrally based organizations and refuse to obey what is required of the New Testament believers, which is free will giving until absolutely every need is met in the body of Christ. This was clearly demonstrated by the early church. In fact, this is the type of giving that gets multiplied just as the feeding of the 5,000 men. Please share any insight you have in this subject area. Let me, let me read the answer so that I can get some Bible verses that I used here. Now, I was answering this. I said, your understanding is quite good. And the argument about tightening or not tightening has been presented on both sides. Because there was a time some brethren in Nigeria were sending me something about tightening. I personally have not joined in the argument. However, since you asked, this is now me explaining why since he asked. I said, remember that Abraham gave tight and there was no record how he became aware of the tightening principle. We can only assume that the eternal God gave the understanding to him. Later, the idea of tithing was passed down to Jacob and the Israelites. It was not the law of Moses that brought it. Now, remember that it's not the law of Moses. People assume this old is the law of Moses. No, Abraham got the understanding that God created this place. And when you look at it, he created Adam here to tend his garden. And think of if you have a lease, you buy, you, you are a farmer or you, you, somebody owned the land and he gave you to take care of it, to be planting and be making use of it, then perhaps you need to be giving him some, some part of the fruit of the land. And that is what God was actually requiring from the Hebrews when he told them that they should be bringing the fruit of the land of some percentage of it to him. So that was what really the understanding Abraham got when he was giving the tithe to Melchizedek. And it was not that uh, it was the law that was given to Moses. That was what I was pointing out. That as Abraham knew about it even before Moses. And then I went further. I said, it was not the law of Moses that brought it. it, it I can therefore say it is an ordinance of the Almighty God. That was what I was trying to explain. That he created this place and he put man here to Turn the garden. Of course, he has the right to say, bring me some. It's like when you have a child and your son is a little baby and you say, okay, uh, daddy give you this 
something and you say, okay, you want to train your child to be generous. Okay, give something back to daddy. Mm, and it's mine. Then you know that you have to train that child to know that even though you have you, the father is one that gave this thing to this child, you want this child to know that he has to be generous. To give a little bit back to daddy and he say no, he's not going to give anything back to daddy. It's, it's like not understanding that everything belongs to the, to the daddy in the first place. That is what God was teaching mankind. Everything belongs to him. Now he said, okay, turn this guy in and then just give me one-fifth of it or one-tenth of it. And if you refuse to give it, it's almost like you don't even understand that God created all things and he owes everything. And he gave you this part so that you can appreciate what he has done for you. So remember, God put mankind here to till his land. That's what I'm continuing in the exhortation. And therefore, he ought to receive of the fruit of the earth. That was the ordinance Abraham was aware of. When God put the Israelites in Canaan, he told them to do the same for the portion of the earth which God restricted himself to, since man left God. We who have come back to God should therefore participate in his heart's desire to give the fruit of the earth. This is the insight that comes to my spirit as I start to write about this. The Lord reveal this to your heart. As to whether you are, we are typified in Melchizedek, that's answering his explanation. We're saying that we are now in Melchizedek. We have collected tithe from Abraham, so and so forth. I said, I will not generalize this to mean all Christians are, are now in the Melchizedek because according to the revelation, only some of the saints fall into this category. That's a different, uh, a different uh, exp- uh, sermon. But what I have just said here is that, look, God put man here for, to tend his land and he ought to be receiving some part of the fruit of the land. And those who knew God, like Abraham, he gave them the insight. That was why Melchizedek appeared and Abraham gave the tithe to Melchizedek in, in that story in the book of Genesis. I think it was Genesis chapter 14. Yes, chapter 14. Let me just read that. So that we are not just reading this that we have written. Genesis chapter 14 was when Abraham went and conquered the kings that came against Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Lord gave him the victory over them. And then when he was coming back with all the goodies and all the booties, they said the Melchizedek met in chapter 14 of Genesis verse 18. And the Bible called it a Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him, he blessed Abraham, and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. See, God, possess, God is the possessor of heaven and earth. So whatever you gain or gather, because we are all gathering something God has put over here. We are gathering it for ourselves. We are not good, we are gathering this. We are good, we are gathering that. But he holds everything. So he's, he called him possessor of heaven and earth. So Abraham gathered some booties and gives something back to God. Just like I say, if your father gave you something, I say, little baby, he's trying to teach you to be generous. So that uh, a little child should know that, no, you can't say, no, I can't give anything to you. Share with daddy. I say, no, I'm not going to share anything. But you need to train that child to know that everything belongs to daddy in the first place. And he said, he blessed him and said, blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which has delivered the enemies into the earth. And Abraham gave him tithes of all. That was what he was referring to. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
Well, we will continue this message in the next broadcast. The Bible said, Precept shall be upon precept, line upon line. A little there, a little there. And I pray that you will not miss the next broadcast so that you can build upon that which you have just learned today. The Bible said, Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. In, in other words, we can say faith coming by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. It's not just a one-time shot. You must keep hearing the Word so that your faith can be built up. We shall continue this message in the next broadcast. Don't miss the next broadcast. God bless you.